Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast where I go down the rabbit hole to research things you may be curious about. My name is Ami, and I'll be your guide on this trip to Wonderland. Hey, you're back. I'm so glad that you're here because today is going to be a fun one. We'll be going down the rabbit hole of something that listener Zach King from Columbia, South Carolina was wondering about. Zach is curious about a subject that is fantastical, legendary, and full of wonder. So what subject has Zach wondering? I wonder. 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 This week, we're going down the rabbit hole and looking for beasts we can't see with cryptozoology. Plenty of us have heard about animals whose existence is the stuff of legends and lore. But what do we really know about what goes into the hunt to prove or disprove their existence? Let's start with the basics. Do you know what cryptozoology is? No. Yes. That is the study of fictional monsters and creatures. I do know what cryptozoology is. It is... um... It's basically animals that are uh, mythological creatures. Um, so they're not real, but people believe that they are. I'm familiar with the term as the study of I don't know, mythical monsters, legends, I think. Yes. Um, it's, I, I'm not sure what the definition is, but I know it's uh, probably the study of uh, animals that we are not sure really exist. Yes, it's the study of animals that are not known to exist, but people still search for them. Cryptozoology is a mouthful. We can break it down into three parts. Crypto, meaning hidden or secret. Zoo, which is derived from the Greek word for animal, zoion. And ology, the study of. So in very broad terms, cryptozoology is the study of concealed or secret animals. Specifically, the search for and studies of unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose existence is disputed or cannot be proven. Technically, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience because it cannot adhere to the scientific method. The animals that cryptozoologists are looking for cannot be observed or studied. To date, There is no nationally accredited college or university that offers a degree in this field. Largely, individuals in the field do not have formal training in the natural sciences, and anthropologist Jeb J. Card summarized as such. Cryptozoology purports to be the study of previously unidentified animal species. At first glance, this would seem to differ very little from zoology. New species are discovered by field and museum zoologists every year. Cryptozoologists cite these discoveries as justification of their search, but often minimize or omit the fact that the discoverers do not identify as cryptozoologists and are academically trained zoologists working in an ecological paradigm rather than organizing expeditions to seek out supposed examples of unusual and large creatures. The list of historians, anthropologists, paleontologists, biologists, and zoologists who speak out strongly against cryptozoology as a legitimate scientific field of study are numerous. But that hasn't always been the case. In fact, the field originates from the works of two European zoologists, Bernard Huevelmans 
from Belgium and Ivan Sanderson from Scotland. So how long do you think cryptozoology has been around? A long time. The actual study, probably the last 15 years or so when it became popular on Discovery Channel. Uh, I have no idea with that one. I have, I don't know. I don't know if it's been called cryptozoology for, for the longest time, but it's probably been around for, I would say at least the 1900s, late 1800s. Oh, it's, I don't know if it's had that name for a long time, but it has been around for like since the existence of humans, I would assume. The practice of it, I think, has been around as long as people have struggled to understand different things. I don't know how long the term, how long ago the term was coined. It was 1955 when Bernard Huevelmans published his work On the Track of Unknown Animals, which is considered a landmark piece in the world of cryptozoology. While Huevelmans accredits Sanderson with coining the word cryptozoology, the study and search for animals unknown goes back centuries. In fact, one of the earliest examples of cryptozoology can be attributed to Roman author and naturalist, and our old friend, Pliny the Elder in 77 AD. He described seeing many animals and insects unknown to the Romans as he traversed East Asia and India, though much of which is now known to be common animals, such as leopards and giant grasshoppers. The founder of modern zoology, Conrad Gessner, a Swiss naturalist and biographer, wrote Historae Animalium in 1551 through 1558. There were five volumes and over 4,500 pages describing all known animals of the time, but also included some animals such as unicorns, hellcats, sea monsters, sky serpents, dragons, mermaids, and the kraken. So do you know what a cryptid is? Yes, I think so. And I think that is a Bigfoot. <laughs> um, I've seen some videos that have some very strange little creatures <laughs> that, uh, that I'm not sure are, we are really real, uh, but we don't know what they are. <laughs> so I think a cryptid is just, uh, like a, an, uh, an animal that isn't really known of or a fictional monster? Kind of. No. Uh, I don't know the exact thing for it, actually. Yes, it is uh, animals like uh, Bigfoot and uh, the Jersey Devil and stuff. A cryptid is an animal who is rumored to exist, but whose existence cannot be proven. The term cryptid was coined in 1983 by cryptozoologist J.E. Wall in an International Society of Cryptozoology newsletter. According to Wall, it had, quote, been suggested that new terms be coined to replace sensational and often misleading terms like monster. My suggestion is cryptid, meaning a living thing having the quality of being hidden or unknown, describing those creatures which are, or may be, subjects of cryptozoological investigations. His fellow cryptozoologist agreed, and the term is widely utilized as a preferred term by the community still today. Can you name some animals that there are legends or folklore about, but whose existence isn't proven? Yes. Um, technically, 
Like, there's a lot. Um, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And that's, you know, that's mainly the one that I know or am fascinated by. <laughs> the Yeti. Unicorns. Yetis. I know Mothman. Bigfoot. Loch Ness Monster. I know Bigfoot. Uh, Jersey Devil. Loch Ness Monster. Bigfoot. The Lizard Man. Bigfoot. I think aliens count. Um, I'm trying to think of the one that is from Mexico that I <laughs> want to call Chupacabra. I believe that's right. Uh, there's a lot. The list is long, and everyone knows of some cryptid, whether they believe in them or not. In an effort to keep this podcast short and sweet, we aren't going to get into all of the cryptids out there, but let's talk about some of the fantastical creatures you may or may not have heard about before. Maybe the most well-known cryptid in America is Bigfoot. So what do you know about Bigfoot? What's the difference between Bigfoot and the Sasquatch? What about the Yeti? Um, I know that he likes to hang out in the uh, Northwest area, I believe. And he is a big stinky fellow that doesn't want to be around anybody else. (laughs) And what's the difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch? Hmm... For me, the name. That's it. (laughs) And what about Yeti? Yetis are in um, Asia, and they live up on the tops of the mountains. The Yeti's in the snow in Asia. Bigfoot is supposed to be, like, around Washington State. But I think Bigfoot and Sasquatch are synonymous. Well, I think uh, the difference is uh, where they exist. Like, if... uh, if it's in the south, they can be slightly different from the ones in the northeast. And certainly the Yeti would be different because it's in a different country. A large ape-like man-shaped creature. In my head, Bigfoot is maybe a specific Sasquatch. I kind of lumped them together. And the Yeti lives up north and has white fur instead of brown fur. Bigfoot is a bipedal, large mammal that is believed to exist in forests. I don't know of a difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch. The Yeti is believed to be in Middle Asia, like Nepal and the Himalayas. He is a kind of... I don't know where he was found, I forgot. But someone like told a story about him... And he prefers marshes and forests. And what's the difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch? I don't know. What about the Yeti? Yeti? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a tall Bigfoot. We can thank journalist Andrew Gonzali, writer for the Humboldt Times in 1958, for the term Bigfoot. The article was describing mysterious large footprints found at a site in Northern California, which were human-like, but 16 inches long. America became immediately entranced with the idea of Bigfoot. With a report of a Bigfoot sighting in every state except Hawaii, logged with the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. Eventually, Bigfoot would be described as a large, muscular, hairy, bipedal, ape-like creature. Anecdotally, Bigfoot is typically cited as being 6 to 9 feet tall, with some reports indicating up to 15 feet tall. While most descriptions agree on the ape-like appearance, 
many insist that the face is more human-like than that of an ape. This hairy ape man is also reportedly quite smelly. Michael Rugg, owner of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Northern California, insists that he smelled him before and that it was like imagining a skunk that had rolled around in dead animals and then hung around in the garbage pits. While this 1958 incident was later revealed to be a joke played by a prankster on the rest of his work crew, a 2020 poll found that 11% of U.S. adults believe that Bigfoot really does exist. And long before Bigfoot grabbed headlines, the indigenous people of North America told tales of mysterious hair-covered creatures living in the forests. According to anthropologist David Daling, these legends long predate the contemporary stories of Bigfoot and differed in their details both regionally and between communities. Petroglyphs on the Tool River Indian Reservation in Central California include depictions of hairy men who are said to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. The leader of the Nalakapamix tribe, Chief Michelle, told a story in 1898 of a wild hairy man, which he called by the Salishan variant meaning wild men, Sesqua, or Sasquatch. The Iroquois and Lumi also tell very similar tales of strange man-beasts with accounts varying from docile to straight-up terrifying. Tales of these huge man-like creatures are not limited to North America, however. Across the ocean in the Himalayan mountains of Asia are tales of an abominable snowman, the Yeti. The word Yeti is Tibetan in origin, a combination of the words Ya, which means rocky, and Che, which means bear. Tibetan lore describes three main kinds of Yetis. Nyalmo, a fierce beast with black fur and reaching 15 feet tall. Chudi, who is said to live around 10,000 feet above sea level and be about 8 feet tall. And Rangshimbombo, a small beast with reddish-brown fur, standing only 3 to 5 feet tall. Reports of these creatures go back before the 19th century and continue still today. Now that we know about our most well-known cryptid, let's talk about some other examples. What is a chupacabra? I don't know. A chupacabra is a desert creature, I think, that um, sucks the blood from goats. Oh, I remember. Okay. That is a is a, sort of uh, a dog-type uh, animal that supposedly sucks blood out of uh, like chickens and other smaller animals and I'm not at all sure that they exist. Uh, it's like a devil dog that lives in Mexico. Like has gl- It's like glowing eyes and stuff. It is an animal that um, it would suck the blood out of farm animals and other animals most people have made different assumptions of what it looked like most people one of the common ones is it's like just like a long skinny animal some sort a chupacabra is a creature in mexico or in south america at least um and i've always heard it described as like a vampire-like creature He's kind of animalistic, but he will attack you and suck your blood. If you aren't rusty on your Spanish, you may know that chupacabra is literally the Spanish word for to suck, chuper, and the Spanish word for goats, cabras. 
Quite literally, this cryptid is believed to be a goat sucker. This one gets its origins in Puerto Rico, although similar creatures have been described as far north as Maine, as far south as Chile, and even in other countries such as Russia and Philippines. In the 1970s, in a small town called Mocha in Puerto Rico, livestock was being killed. Many farmers were reporting loss of livestock by being bled dry through a series of small circular incisions. Initially, El Vampiro de Mocha was blamed on a satanic cult. It wasn't until 1995 that chupacabras specifically were blamed for the death of livestock when eight sheep were discovered dead and bled dry with three puncture wounds in their chest. It was a comedian, Silverio Perez, who coined the term chupacabra while reporting the attacks as a radio DJ. Descriptions of the chupacabras vary widely between reports in Puerto Rico and those in the southeastern U.S. and Mexico. In Puerto Rico, the creature is described as reptilian and almost alien-like, as large as a bear, with spikes going down its back to its tail. In the U.S. and Mexico, they are typically described as a type of wild dog, mostly hairless, a pronounced spinal ridge and eye sockets, with fangs and claws. Almost all reports of the canine-esque creature have been debunked as dogs and coyotes with the mange and infected by a parasite. And unfortunately, the best eyewitness account in Puerto Rico described a creature nearly identical to that of the one in the 1995 film, Species. We've talked about creatures in the forest, mountains, and desert. Now let's go to the sea. What is a mermaid? Oh, yeah, a mermaid is a uh, person that lives in the sea. Oh, half lady, half fish, or half man, half fish, lives in the ocean. A person with the... Man, manatee fin has legs. A manatee. Woman with a fish bottom half. A mermaid is a half person, half fish. This mythical sea creature is described as having the body of a woman from the waist up and a fish tail from the waist down. Tales of mermaids have existed in nearly every culture for thousands of years. The ancient Greek mythological siren was the basis for the mermaid that we're familiar with today. Originally, the siren was described as a human-headed bird, but by the Middle Ages in Europe, this depiction had shifted to the half-human, half-fish that we're familiar with now. Part-human, part-fish creatures exist in tales told in the Middle East, Scandinavia, Eastern and Western Europe, China, Korea, Japan, and Africa. Some cultures see the creatures as beautiful femme fatales luring sailors to their deaths. Others see them as playful, elusive creatures who mean no harm. Christopher Columbus was said to have spotted three mermaids off the coast of Hispaniola and regarded them as being less beautiful than described with masculine features in their face. His accounts have since been considered to be manatees in the Caribbean. Even as recently as 2009, dozens of people reported seeing a mermaid leaping out of Haifa Bay in Israel. A $1 million reward was offered for proof of its existence, but none could be provided. In 2012, work on reservoirs in Zimbabwe halted when the workers refused to keep working due to a mermaid terrorizing them. The attacks were reported to the water resources minister who allowed traditional chiefs to perform exorcism rituals to rid the dams of the meddlesome mermaid so that work could continue. Even still, no one has been able to show proof of an actual mermaid. So, Have you ever heard of the Lizard Man of Lee County? 
Absolutely, I've heard of the Blizzard Man in Lee County. What do you know about him? Um, he likes to hang out in the swamps, um, so make sure you stay away from the swamps or you'll be caught by the Lizard Man. No. I've heard of the Lizard Man. I've just heard of the name. In South Carolina. Yeah, I have. I have heard of it. I can't remember everything about it, but I have heard of it. No, I have not. <laughs> I have, but I also know he's been disproven. <laughs> this one is for my South Carolina folks. Sometimes called the lizard man of scrape or swamp, sightings and tales of this particular cryptid started in Lee County, South Carolina, back in 1988. The local sheriff's department was called out to investigate a car that was damaged overnight while parked at the owner's home. The car had tooth marks and scratches, and there was hair and muddy footprints left behind. Soon after, a 17-year-old kid named Christopher Davis reported that two weeks prior, his car was damaged by a creature who was green, wet-like, about seven feet tall with three fingers, red eyes, and the skin of a lizard. Various reports that summer surfaced, and all were revealed to be a publicity stunt or a hoax. Still, as recently as 2017, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division tweeted that South Carolinians should be aware of possible paranormal activity due to the solar eclipse, and that folks of Lee and Sumter counties should remain vigilant for sightings of the Lizard Man. So the lizard man may not be real, but what do you know about the Jersey Devil? Jersey Devil is a large nocturnal uh, winged creature that haunts or flies over and and terrorizes people in the Pine Barrens. Red eyes, large leathery wings, kind of horned antlers on its head, biped. Yeah, so he's supposed to be like um, the spawn of a woman who made a deal with the devil and then it was cursed to roam the woods of New Jersey chasing people and stuff and you could see him on on the highway. This particular cryptid hails from southern New Jersey as well as parts of Philadelphia. Originally referred to as Leeds Devil, this creature is usually described as a biped with hooves who flies, but there are several variations. The story of Leeds Devil originates in 1735 when a woman by the name of Jane Leeds, known as Mother Leeds, found out she was pregnant with her 13th child. She reportedly cursed the child and said it would be the devil. The night she went into labor, it was storming, And Mother Leeds gave birth to a normal child, who then changed into a hoofed creature with a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. It growled and screamed as it beat everyone in the home with its tail before flying up the chimney and heading to the pine forest. By the end of the 1700s, the Leeds Devil had become the predominant ghost story of southern New Jersey. The modern depiction of the Jersey Devil became standard in the early 20th century, when newspapers began reporting sightings of a creature with bat-like wings, a horse head, claws, and much like a dragon. The creature reportedly attacked a trolley and a social club. The news was so widespread and terrifying in the northeastern United States that schools as far away as Delaware were closed and workers stayed home. Tales of the Jersey Devil have been around for centuries, with many reported sightings, including from Commodore Stephen Decatur and Joseph Bonaparte, the older brother of Napoleon. In 1925, a farmer shot an unidentified animal that was trying to steal his chickens and photographed the corpse. Apparently, no one could identify the animal, and many speculated that it may be the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil has been blamed for failed crops, dry cows, loss of livestock, and droughts. 
Some people say he appears every seven years. Others say his appearance is a foretelling of wartime, but there is no version where his appearance is anything but bad. What do you know about the Mothman? I learned this one on lore. I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it, though. The Mothman is a cryptid that is uh, the predecessor of bad events. The Mothman was started as, like, just a six-foot giant bird. Man with wings with red eyes. Yes, I have. And, oh, I don't think I think those even exist. I think that's, you know, <laughs> some sort of imagination. I think the Mothman, I can't remember where it originated, but I have heard of the Mothman. I have absolutely heard of the Mothman. I love the Mothman. Um, I know that he comes out whenever there is going to be a disaster, like a bridge falling. Um, and he is a huge guy with big wings and glowing red eyes, and he screeches. A small town in West Virginia called Point Pleasant is where this particular cryptid originates. The Mothman is reported to be a large flying man with a huge wingspan and glowing red eyes. His existence was first reported to the police in November of 1966 when two young couples filed a report about being chased by a creature six to seven feet tall with glowing red eyes. They said the creature did not run well but flew as fast as their car which they claimed reached speeds of up to 100 miles per hour. Following the police report, the local Point Pleasant Registry ran an article called Couple See Man-Sized Bird, Creature, Something. The number of sightings would continue to increase after this article, and the Mothman was suddenly responsible for stealing pets, chasing cars, and lurking outside of residents' homes. Sometimes, a Mothman sighting is said to be a foretelling of something bad happening. People claim to have seen the Mothman prior to the Silver Bridge collapse in 1967, which resulted in the death of 46 people. Some people reported seeing him in Moscow in 1999 prior to the Russian apartment bombings. Some people believe that the Mothman is actually an alien, and many sightings coexist with UFO sightings. This modern-day cryptid has had novels and movies made about it and has given way to fascination with his existence even now into the 2020s. Point Pleasant holds an annual Mothman Festival that attracts more than 10,000 people yearly. Statues have been erected based on accounts of his appearance, but so far, no one has been able to capture this legendary cryptid. So we've talked some today about creatures whose existence seem impossible. But what are some animals who used to be considered folklore who are now substantiated by science? I don't know. I can't think of any. I'm sure there's plenty, though. Giant squid. There was the belief that giant squid was something that just terrorized sailors and that it believed, it, at one point it was believed to just be a myth, but then turned out that we have them washing up on beaches in places like Japan. I actually don't know. The only thing that comes to mind is a giant squid. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, the gorilla, for sure. We are finding some animals that they thought had gone extinct, but they are, you know, they will find one every now and then. Uh, one of them, I think, is a woodpecker. When listening to larger-than-life tales of animals that no one can prove, it's easy to dismiss cryptids as impossible creatures of fantasy. 
But when you realize that there are many animals who we know to exist today who were previously treated like the beast of these stories, it may give you pause. The Komodo dragon was dismissed as lore by scientists until 1910 when Lieutenant Stylin Van Hassenbroek caught and killed one. After that, explorer Douglas Burden traveled to the island of Komodo in Indonesia to capture a live Komodo dragon. He brought back two live specimens, which were put on display at the Bronx Zoo. If someone were to describe to you a creature with the bill of a duck, the body of an otter, and the tail of a beaver, you'd undoubtedly think them mad. But that is exactly how the platypus was described. And as a result, scientists, naturalists, and most people didn't believe them to be real. Even when a pelt was provided, skeptics believed it to be a hoax, including George Shaw, who took scissors to the pelt to try and find where it had been stitched together. Another creature that sounds like it sprang forth from the imagination, but who we now know to exist, is the okapi. This animal is a relative of the giraffe, but looks like a blend of an antelope, deer, donkey, and zebra. Sometimes called the African unicorn, this species wasn't officially declared until 1901, despite tales of its existence going back centuries before. One of the easiest animals to see the leap from cryptid is gorilla. Stories of large hairy beasts that looked and moved like a man, but weren't men, perpetuated in accounts of people visiting other lands, and were generally believed to be the hyperactive imagination of travelers, weary and in an unknown space. Gorillas, which we can now see in almost any zoo, weren't confirmed until 1847, and the first mountain gorilla wasn't confirmed until 1902. There are plenty of other animals that have been laughed off by the scientific community, only to be later proven to be real. The giant squid, a Bondagay zoo, and even the kangaroo. There are animals who are believed to be extinct, then one day, someone sees one again. This gives rise to the cryptozoologist saying that the absence of proof is not the same as proof of absence of these creatures, which drives them to continue their searches for these extraordinary animals. So do you believe in the possibility of cryptids? No. None of them. I, no, I, I don't. I think it's very hard for me to wrap my head around there being ape-like creatures in the mountains of Appalachia or Arkansas that have somehow gone completely undetected and we can't find any, any remnants of bones or settlements or anything like that. It seems very difficult to believe that nothing has come up. Yeah, baby. Yes. All of them. Yeah, absolutely. I want to believe in that. <laughs> um, no. No, not in specific. I want to believe in Mothman. I want Mothman to be real. <laughs> mm, I think that uh, if they find them, and they're no longer cryptids. So, yeah, I mean, no, I don't really think one exists. Besides, if aliens count, I do think they could exist. But other than that, no. Well, it's been proven that the, the Earth and the ocean are extremely big. And there's going to be stuff that we just don't know about. They're you know, places on Earth where humans have never even walked. So, you know, plus it gives, you know, it gives you something to sort of look forward to. The world is a big place with so much of it unknown to us. From the depths of the oceans to the darkest forests to the highest, most inhabitable mountains, 
there are certainly many places for creatures to exist without human interaction. Yes, cryptids sound like whimsy and fantasy, or like monster stories intended to keep children from being too careless. But whether or not to believe they exist, I don't know. But I certainly hope that people keep looking for proof. Thank you so much to Zach King for recommending today's topic. This one was a really fun topic for me to research and very hard to keep under 30 minutes. I hope you all enjoyed this little lesson in the world of cryptids and cryptozoology. And until next time, be safe, be kind, and stay curious. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Amy Bland and is part of the Barrett Gruber Entertainment Division. This podcast is recorded in the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host unless otherwise indicated. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. Find us on Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast, and on Twitter at Wonderland underscore pod. To submit corrections, additional information, or request for episodes, please email the host at welcome to wonderland the podcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Wonderland as part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Barrett Gruber Entertainment and Media.